don't stop clapping. Don't stop clapping. Keep clapping. Let it be loud. Let it be loud. Can you imagine what is ahead of us this week? Let your hand clap. Appreciate God for what is ahead of us this week. Beautiful time. Beautiful time. You are living here as a bright light. You are living here as a man of knowledge. Your church, your ministry will never be the same again. Hallelujah. Ladies and gentlemen, I have great joy today to welcome to the pulpit one of the anointed conference speakers for Art of Shepherding Conference. He was with us last year and blessed us. How many of us were here last year? Art of Shepherding Conference. Great. Please put your hand down. How many of you were not here last year? But, wow, God bless you. This man is a great teacher, a pastor, an evangelist, has, who has raised up many pastors in the ministry. The Lord has used him over the many years to start churches and to build large congregations in many parts of the city and the nation. He already has his own conference, church growth conference, which is held yearly at the Collegono Cathedral. I'm sure this year you are going to receive an invitation. Tell me about these are the conferences that change our ministries. And ladies and gentlemen, today I'm happy to invite a son of Bishop Dagwood Mills. A man whose ministry will by no means impact your life, touch your life, and turn things around. I know for sure that God has given him a word for you, for your church, for your ministry, and for your calling. And I want you, if you are ready this afternoon, to help me welcome an anointed servant of God, a teacher. A conference speaker and an anointed man of God. Clap your hands. Let's receive Bishop Emmanuel in Tevo. Clap your hands for Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. What a conference. I said, what a conference. Hallelujah. How many of you are blessed indeed? Are you blessed already? Amen. Well, just in case you are not very clear or aware of who is having this conference. 
let me introduce him to you properly. You see, because, 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 um, John the Baptist sent his disciples to go and ask Jesus, are you the one? Amen. We are very blessed that this conference is around. Art of Shepherding Conference. And we are blessed by the man that God has touched to have this conference. This man is the person who for many years now has been standing at the right hand of Bishop Dag. At mass international and local crusades the man, Bishop Dag is here. The man who is sitting by his side is Bishop Ogo. And during the crusades, there are huge pastors' conferences that Bishop Dag holds, you know, for the local pastors in the areas where the crusades are being held. And the main person who ministers at those conferences will be Bishop Dad, is Bishop Ogo. And many times, either when Bishop Dad is not able to go, or the first part of the conference, he leaves it for him. And before he gets there, the place is charged. The people are blessed already. Ladies and gentlemen, I want us to clap our hands and appreciate God's great. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Come on, stand to your feet. Clap your hands and appreciate one of God's greatest anointed conference speakers. A true son of Bishop God. Come on, go ahead and let's appreciate Bishop Ogo. Hallelujah. The man is loaded. I'm, I'm sure that, you know, you have experienced it already. But, but keep on coming and tell everybody who is not here that they have made a mistake. All your ministry friends, tell them this week, there's no place for them to go. This is the place. They must all be here. And don't come alone as the senior pastor. Come with your members. Come with your workers. And I believe that through this year's conference, as you sit under the ministry, you know, he is, the conference is here. I mean, I'm just here for some 30 minutes and I, I'm, I'm here. I'm out of here. But the person that God is going to use
to shape your ministry this year going is Bishop Ogo. So Bishop Ogo, God bless you. Wonderful conference. This is one of the best conferences in the whole wide world. Hallelujah. And whilst we are standing, I want us to appreciate the man through whom all this, all this is possible. Our father, our prophet, our pastor, our presiding bishop, Bishop Dagwood Mills. Are you clapping your hands for the Lord for his life? Come on, let's appreciate God for his life. Hallelujah. How many founders and senior pastors do you know who has released his sons to do what he's doing? He is doing give thyself holy conference. And he says to Bishop Ogo, do out of shepherding conference. It's a blessing. And everything that is happening here, what we are talking about, you know, are his books. The food that he has given to us, alright, a little bit of it is what we are sharing with you. So we want to appreciate Bishop Dad for releasing us to be a blessing to you also. Amen. Let us pray. Father, thank you for this wonderful conference. Thank you for your servant Bishop Ogo and the team that are working with him to make it possible Thank you for your wonderful servants that we have gathered from all over this city to be here. Lord, you know the heart's desires of your servants. You have called them. And you know what you want them to do and to achieve. I pray in the name of Jesus that through this conference, ministries will be sharpened shaping, directed. Many of your people who are discouraged will be encouraged. Clear light and direction will come. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence. We ask for wisdom. We ask for revelation. We ask for guidance. May these days be fruitful. May we leave this conference as great shepherds, anointed shepherds, that are going to lead the multitudes of sheep that we are going to bless us with in our ministries. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Put your hands together for the Lord and you may be seated. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, for the short time that I'm going to be with you um, this morning, um, and I think tomorrow also, I want to speak on a very important subject that if you understand and you apply, 
in your church and in your ministry, you are going to see phenomenal growth. You are going to see expansion. Your ministry is going to be fresh. Your ministry is going to be established. You are going to succeed and do much more than you have done. And I'm talking about um, church growth and the lay ministry. The lay ministry and church growth. How many of you want your churches to grow? How many of you want your churches to grow? Now, if you are a pastor here and you don't have a desire for your church to grow, I question your calling. Amen. I question... Can you hear me at the back? Can you hear me at the back? I question your calling. Because God is trying to save the whole world. Yeah. God is trying to save the whole world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God loved the whole world. Pastors, God is trying to save the whole world. And the whole world is more than 7 billion people. God is trying to save the whole of Accra. And I think Accra is more than 4 million people. Yeah. According to Jesus' parable of the sower, one quarter of the seeds that were sown bore fruit. One quarter. So which means that God is expecting that at least one quarter of the population of wherever we are will find themselves in the kingdom. Amen. So one quarter of Accra, if we take Accra to bless you, four million, that is one million. So on a Sunday morning, at least one million people should fill our churches. But we have one million people. Our churches are made up of few people. 50 people, 30 people. Most of the churches are 30 people, 40 people, 50 people. Forget about the big, you know, billboard, the big picture. That's on it. When you go there, 106 people. Our churches are very, very small. And when you put it all together on a Sunday, we are nowhere near the one million that God wants in Accra. Do you understand it? In in, uh, 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 4, the Bible says that God wants all men to be saved. Amen. Eh? Who have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. All men, take note. All men. God wants all men to be saved. Not a few people. So I'm trying to say that one of the things that must eat the heart of a pastor 
is that your church should grow. And I declare to you that after this conference, God is going to cause growth in your church. Can I have an amen? I get what I'm saying. But you must have what Bishop Dark calls a burning desire. A burning desire in your heart to see your church growing. In 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9. 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9. Alright. The Bible says the Lord is not slack concerning his promise. As so men count slackness. But is long suffering to us word. Not willing that any should perish. But that all should come to repentance. God's desire is that all men in your area and in a crime everywhere will come to repentance. All men. And if all men will come to repentance, there will be no space in our churches. How many of you agree? You know, God called us. So we must be interested in what God is interested in. Your agenda must be the agenda of God. You must have no vision. The vision you have must be the vision that God has. And God's vision is that he wants to draw everybody into the kingdom. Amen? How many of you understand that? You see, the reason why I'm sharing with you this before I talk to you about the lay ministry, is because not until you have a certain desire to see your church grow, it will not grow. It will not grow. No. It won't. The church, listen to this, the church grows first in the heart of the pastor. The church grows first in the heart of the pastor. Amen? Hmm? Yeah? Guard your heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. Hallelujah. Amen. One translation says, eh, guard your heart with all diligence because life begins from there. Life begins from there. So life begins from your heart. So church growth begins in your heart. Hallelujah. Are you getting that? So, everything that we are saying, out of shepherding, out of, what is out of shepherding? So that you be, you become an effective shepherd, a proper shepherd, somebody who shepherds God's people well. Are you getting what I'm saying? 
But, 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 if you don't have sheep, who are you going to shepherd? Do you understand it? And the type of shepherd you are, and the type of a shepherd's heart you have, will cause God to give you a lot of people. In First Samuel chapter 17, when David's father sent him to the war front to send bread and supplies to his brothers, alright, before he left, he went and left his few sheep with a keeper. In fact, when Elias' brother was insulting him, one of the things that he used to insult David was that, with whom did you leave those few sheep? So everybody knew that David's sheep or David's church was very small. But you see, look at the heart that he had. Even though his church was small, he did not despise it. When, when it was necessary for him to travel and go away, he was so concerned about his small church that he looked for somebody and handed over the church to the person. It shows you the type of a shepherd's heart that he had. And when God saw that, he said, I'll make you a bigger shepherd. And so he anointed David to become the shepherd of the whole Israel. He anointed David and raised him up to become the shepherd of all of Israel. So you need to have a heart for church growth. Now some people say, you see, when the church is small, it's very nice. We all know ourselves, you know, as a pastor, you know, the people know me, they like me and all that. It is true. Alright? But Jesus said in John 15, 8, Herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit. Hello? Hello? Herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit. In other words, Jesus was saying, when you bear a lot of fruit, it brings glory. It brings glory to my Father. What it also means is that if your fruit is few, you do not bring glory to God. So don't encourage yourself of all the way for the past 15 years, 20 or 15 members that you have. And say we are doing ministry. And say we are doing ministry. God called you to do more. May you do more for the Lord in the name of Jesus. Receive the anointing to see your church growing and expanding. Amen? Yeah. Do you get it? Your church must resemble the New Testament church. When the Holy Spirit was sent, and the reason why the Holy Spirit was sent was, was to help us to bear fruit. To be witnesses. To bear fruit. What was the result? 
from an initial congregation of 120 gathered in the upper room when the Holy Spirit fell and Peter and the rest stood up to preach 3,000 people were added to the church 3,000 3,000 Acts 2.41 by Acts 4.4 another 5,000 has been added when the Holy Spirit came with the vision to build a church of God, what he started doing, what he started orchestrating was an explosion, an influx of multitudes into the church. God's vision is to bring in a lot of people into the kingdom. And if you are a servant of God, a representative of God, you must have the same vision that God has. Stop encouraging yourself and, and, and sometimes even when as you have come here, you know, and you see this church, oh, I mean, uh, as for ministry, it can be big or it can be small. But whatever we have, it's okay. That is not the heart of God. May you receive the heart of God. So that is why God has brought us here. So as we sit under the ministry of Bishop Ogo, he's teaching us how to be good shepherds. And when we are good shepherds and effective shepherds, okay, we'll be able to pastor more people. We'll be able to pastor more people. In fact, this is a very important conference, you see, because, because many of us, one of the reasons why we don't have a lot of people is because we don't know how to pastor people. We don't know how to pastor people. Yeah. I was very sad last Sunday. Remember the lady that I come with who sings? Yes. Uh, yeah, I told you about her. Yes. You know, I've not been seeing her and her husband for some time. Especially since we went to this place. For months. When I called, the husband says she's, she's gotten a job, you know, it's all over the country and all that. So finally, I was able to get them this Sunday. So I was talking to them. And the lady said, listen, he said, Bishop, I want to speak. And the truth is that I don't feel loved by you. I don't feel loved by you. She said, I have intention not becoming. In fact, I've decided to leave the church and go back to my former church. Because I don't feel loved by you. Then she said, she said, but I feel that you love others. There are things that you do for others you don't do for me. She says, we moved to a house two years ago. You have not been there. My husband's father died. You were not there. You were not there. She listed the things. Yeah. And when she finished, I said, forgive me. I said, forgive me. She said, I have felt that any time you called me is because you wanted me to sink. Not that you care for me. I was about to, to lose a major ship. Last Sunday when she stood on the stage to sink in church. For the first time. A new church that we have started for about two months. Everybody was just amazed. Who is this person? 
Do you see? That's why we are here. To learn to become good shepherds. And when we are good shepherds, then the people gather around us. Yeah. Many of us, we don't have the heart of a good shepherd. And I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure Bishop will be sure of us. But we need to have the heart of a good shepherd. You have 17 people in your church, you don't know their names. I've heard of now. He's not Kwajo. 17 members. 17 members. What you are interested in are the offerings. <laughs> and they're tight. No? But not in the person. Wow. So have a heart. Your heart must be a pastor who wants to have a lot of people to pastor. That is the heart of God. Clap your hands for the Lord. So I want to say it again. This is this is this is a very important conference. Yeah, thank you, Bishop Ogo, for putting up this conference to teach us how to become good shepherds. Look, because there are people here. If you are transferred into a church of 500 people, after three months, that church will reduce to 25. Because you don't know how to shepherd the people. Yeah. One of the lessons that I learned was that this lady, the father's funeral, I took people to represent me, some of my powerful pastors and other people. But it was not enough. I said, you, you didn't come. So I realized that to some people, to some people, nobody else matters. Yes. And, 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 and matters said to Jesus, if you have been here. Matters said, the reason why we are having a funeral, the reason why everything is so sad in our lives is because we are not here. I learned it. That to some people it's you. It's you that they want. Amen. Now, one of the most important keys that over the years Bishop Dark has taught as a powerful motivation and orchestrator for church growth is the principle of the lay ministry. The lay ministry. And uh, I want to recommend this book for you. It's called Lycos. Laymen, lay people, lay pastors, volunteers. Pastor Rick, please take the Macarius from me. Now, last year, I'm sure some of you got Macarius 40. All right, this year there's Macarius 
60. The Bacarius contains all right, 60 of the powerful ministry books of Bishop Dad. All right. Those of you who got Macarius 40, still get it. And if you don't have one of these, please, I beg you, attending this conference will not be complete without acquiring one of these. Yeah. No, 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 no. If you leave this conference without one of I will advise you, if all that you have can buy this, buy it. The Bible says that buy, buy wisdom, buy the truth, and forsake it not. Buy the truth. That's the Bible. Buy the truth. So as we have come here, the Lord said, buy, buy, buy it. Have it at your office, wherever. Take them one by one. Eat them gradually. Okay, some of you, you don't know how to make use of books. You don't take a book like, like us and read from page to page. That's a way to read a storybook. Alright, and then you say, I have read Bishop Dark's book. No. You just take a chapter. You just open, open anywhere. Or you look into the table of contents. And the one that you think you want it now, then you study it. Then you put it down. Another time you take it. You know, so small, small. So you have all the books, small, small. You are eating here, small, 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 small. small. One day, when you get a rest, you have read a lot. That, that, that's the way. And it is eating. The angel told, you know, John, eat the book. Revelation chapter 10, eat it. It means let it enter you. No, not just look at it. Okay, so get these books. And Lycos is in it. Amen. So Lycos is about, thank you, it's about the lay ministry. Everybody say the lay ministry. Brothers and sisters, the lay ministry will catapult your ministry to a level that will blow your mind. One of the reasons why many of you have not, you know, developed to a certain level all throughout these years is because you have not made use of this powerful ministry. There are are a few very, there are a few very critical revelations or foundations or pillars upon which Bishop Dark has built this ministry, you know, from a little classroom to an international ministry of thousands of churches in hundreds of countries. And one of those pillars is a lay ministry. Yes. Out of about 3,000 or so pastors in Lighthouse, up to today, still 70 to 80% are lay pastors. This cathedral in which you are, and I will advise you on a Sunday to pass here. Yeah, that, that's one of the things that you should do if you want to have a large church. You should visit, you know, stop visiting your friends, uh, 20 members, 25 
pass there once every two years. It, they don't inspire you. When you go there, you, you complain among yourself. How the ministry is hard, how things are not working, and all that. Okay, visit powerful ministries. Come here on a Sunday and see different services. See thousands of people. And in this church, there are just about two or three full-time pastors. Full-time pastors. The rest of them, many of them are sitting around here, are all lay pastors. One of the reasons why many of you do not make use of your of lay ministry. And when I talk about lay ministry, I'm talking the ordinary people in the church. The unskilled people. The unprofessional people. You, you are a professional pastor. But then they are doctors, they are engineers, they are teachers, they are civil servants, they are nurses, they are carpenters, they are ordinary people who are, who are not skilled in the things of God like you. can do powerful things. They do powerful things. And one of the reasons why many people, many of you have not deployed the lay ministry is because you feel that you are, you are, the, you are the man of God. You, you are the called man of God. I got what I'm saying. You are called. You are called. There's no doubt about that. Hallelujah. But under the new covenant, okay, every believer is also called. Jesus said, Matthew 22, 14, Matthew 20, 16, many are called. Many are called. Revelation 1 says, he has made us priests and kings. Many are called. Many are called means that you are called and most of the people that God has given you in the church have been called. To do what? To serve the Lord. To serve the Lord. To serve the Lord. How many of you understand that? Yeah. Your your doctors, your engineers, your farmers, your traders, your students. Your students. eh, Are all called. They are all called. If you can respect this fact, if you can respect this fact, is it because if you take the lighthouse story, eh, most of us, most of us are just people who are just walking around in the church. Yeah. What is needed is for you to train them to do the work. And, and if I'm not able to touch on that today, tomorrow I'll be teaching you on how to train lay workers. I think there are two things that tomorrow I'd like to talk about. How to train lay workers and then how to make use of your Sundays. 
Amen. All throughout history, ordinary people, ordinary people have done great things. Let's start with the secular world. The great government system of democracy was birthed by ordinary people in America. Ordinary people. Ordinary people who said we are not going to sit down for a few wealthy people and a few influential people to lord it over us all the time. No. We must all have a say in what goes on in the country. So they rose up. They rose up. Ordinary people. The great superpower, America, was given birth to by ordinary people. Groups like the, the, uh, the, the Children of Liberty, people like that, they rose up and they said, no, 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 no. Things must change. Great Britain was lording it over them, uh, giving them taxes. One time, they brought some taxes on uh, tea. And they said, no, no, no. We will not. We will not pay. That's what brought about the Boston Tea Party. You know, people rose up. And the end result of that is that they now took up arms and fought the British. You are staying far away. You are trying to come to control us here. Ordinary people defeated the great British Empire and had their independence. 4th July 1776. The great superpower America was born. During the war, one of the countries that helped them was France. They sent arms to, to help them. When the French people saw what happened in America, they said, We too will not go sit down. They also rose up. They were inspired and then they also rose up, you know, with the French Revolution. Ordinary people. Ordinary people. President Barack Obama, how did he win the elections? If you want to win the elections in America, okay, apart from your qualifications and all that, one of the most important things that you need is supply of money. Supply of money. Yeah. They raised up millions. And he was contesting of Hillary Clinton. Who had been the husband, has been the president. I mean, all the big donors and this thing were for them already. You are teaching. So Barack Obama devised a strategy. He went to ordinary people and said, Don't donate one million. Don't donate hundred thousand. Just donate five dollars. Or ten dollars or twenty dollars. Small, 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 small. He raised up more money than Hillary Clinton. Ordinary people. He became the president. The first black man to become the president in America. It is not a small achievement. It was achieved by using the ordinary people. Can I have an amen? Let's come to the church world. The church world. How many of you have heard about the reformation? The reformation. 
All right. How many of you have heard about reformation? The reformation, all right, that basically is what happened because we have only one church, the universal church, the Catholic church. All of us belong to the Catholic church. We have one pope. But as the years and the centuries went by, some of the teachings, pain of uh, penances, do you understand it? To go to heaven, you can pay. Eh? If your loved one dies as a sinner, he goes to uh, uh, purgatory first. All right? And whilst he's there, you can go and see the priest, you know, and listen, pay. You know, I don't know how they, were, they calculated it based on what sins and all that. Pay, and then based on the amount that you paid, that loved one will be promoted from purgatory to heaven. Look at it. Salvation, these were the means by which salvation, you know, could be achieved. Then there was a Catholic priest, all right, called Martin Luther. Yeah. At a point, his superiors felt that there was something wrong with him. So they sent him to go and teach at the Bible school. A seminar. And they gave him some books to teach, among which was the book of Ephesians. And as he was studying to teach, he read in Ephesians that salvation, you are saved by faith through grace. Grace! And at that time, the Bible was written in the German language. The ordinary people who the ordinary people in the church did not have access to the scriptures. They did not. So all that they knew was what the priest would stand there to tell them, you know, and all that. So when Martin Luther read it, grace, no penances, no, no, no this, you don't pay for this, you don't have to do this, just grace. He said, wow. So he translated the scriptures into the ordinary language of the people. When the people read, say, hey! All this time! That was the beginning of the great formation. Are you clapping your hands for the Lord? They rose up! Yeah? So from that you have a the Presbyterian Church, the Anglican Church, you know, and all that coming out. Ordinary people. Yeah. In our contemporary world, time, most of the huge networks of churches have been built from this principle of making use of lay people, volunteers, lay workers, unpaid people, unpaid people, unskilled people. The largest church in the world, the Yoido Four Gospel Central Church by Dr. Cho, it was started in uh, 1958 with five people. Five people. By 2008, it had grown 
to 830,000 people. 830,000 people. When he's serving his church go conference on Fridays, he gathers 150,000 church workers at the stadium. 150,000. Receive that in the name of Jesus. May that be your story in the name of Jesus. I see you having a lot of church workers. Receive 1,000 church workers. Receive 5,000 church workers. You see, some of you are 1,000. The way you are sitting down there. You don't believe it. Yeah. Now, Dr. Cho, please sit down. Dr. Cho, when he started out on the ministry, in the ministry, he called himself the Great Cho. The Great Cho. He, he decided to do, he felt that he was the only one called. So from, from crusade to baptism to anything, he alone was doing it. For years. Yeah. For years. Apart from that, he wanted to become the Billy Graham of uh, Korea. He worked himself out. He collapsed on the platform several times. One time he was baptizing some people, a lot of people, with some hefty mummies in them. Then there was an American missionary who was helping him. So I said, look, because we are standing in the water, the water is cold, you know, and all that. So let me also come and help. He said, no, 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 no. Yeah. He will do it until he collapsed. Yeah. Then he became ill. And when he became ill, his heart, he had a problem with the heart. The Lord said to him, I won't heal you until after 10 years. Yeah. He couldn't work. He couldn't work. And it was in those years, you know, he was forced to study the scriptures more, pray more, and then one time, the Lord said to him, let my people go and serve me. Let my people go and serve me. So he asked the Lord, which people? I'm, I'm, I'm the great show. I'm the one. You have made yourself the great show in your church. the cell system, you know, and all that. This is where it came from. This is where it came from. This is where it came from. Yeah. Yeah. When you go to the church, and you should visit that church. We have been blessed over the years, you know, which have has carried us there to see. When you go there, you see workers, thousands of them. I'm saying on the Fridays, he gathers 150. The whole stadium so Olympic Stadium or so World Cup Stadium is full. It's raining. On a Friday, they are there with their umbrellas. Workers, not church members, no. workers. And, 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 and the far majority of them are just ordinary people. Especially women. Women receive the anointing to work for the Lord. 
receive the anointing to work for the Lord. Yeah? And pastors, value the women in your church. Yeah. Value the women in your church. The church will never grow until and unless you have released a woman. Yeah. Women have things that men don't have. Number one, many of the men who come to the church is because of the women. So it is when they come, they come because of the women, then the Lord touches their heart for something else, the gospel. Then they are there. Number two, men don't have wombs. Women naturally have wombs. Which means that in their natural, the way God created them, he created them to be productive. So women are naturally productive. Number three, women receive the revelation about God and the things of God far easier and faster than men. They receive the anointing far easier. The men will be arguing and analyzing because men are logical. Men are logical. They are thinking, hey, what you are saying about women? Oh, wow. That is it. Number four, the women in your church, they have no intention to compete with you. The men in your church, they will compete with you. Women are faithful. No, I mean, listen. Many of you here, men who are working, the work that you are doing now is about your 15th job that you are doing. Yeah, for the past about 20 years, we have moved from here, this job, Coca Cola International to Pepsi International to Furniture, this uh, Unlimited to. You are just moving. Women, once they get one job and they are happy, they are there. They can be there for 40 years. So they stay in the church. They are in the church. They have nowhere to go. Clap your hands for their sisters. Amen. Only be careful of them because they love you and they can love you and their love becomes very dangerous. No, they really love you with their heart. So in the process of loving you with their heart, they can enter so until the two of you become one. But once those sort of things are sorted out, that's it. Hallelujah. Amen. This church in Nigeria, what was the name of the church? I saw one, the signboard, uh, Redeem Church of God. Eh? Redeem Church of God. When they gather their monthly Holy Ghost meeting, you know, six million people can gather. Yeah, I hear that they are, they are, they are new uh, camp where they meet. It's about two miles long. Three kilometers by three kilometers. 
when they take offerings, tracks dry the offerings. You know, when you give your life to Christ, you have to sit in a track and then you are brought to the front. You find redeemed everywhere. Most of the churches are pastored by ordinary people. How many of you understand what the Lord is teaching you? I'm talking to you about the lay ministry. In Ghana, Church of Pentecost, the biggest Pentecostal church. By the way, charismatic churches, we should shut up. We should shut up. We are sitting in Accra, Emma, Koforidia, Takrade, Kumase. It's finished. Finished. Because that is where the money is. And our first priority for the ministry is the money. You have a big car. Mr. Bishop Ogo has gathered all of us here teaching us. Look at the church. And there's only one. The churches that he has built all around the mountains, everywhere. The pastors that he has trained. He has been struggling with his car. <laughs> he has been struggling with his car. This one. The offerings that come to you in a month can buy him. I don't know what type of car he wants to drive. It's rather thinking about the ministry. Doing more. Doing more. Are you going home? Eh? We are not thinking about the church. We are not thinking about the kingdom of God. We are not thinking about this. I told you that God wants all men to be saved. You have been in ministry for 15 years. One church. One church. Now I have born whole title, General Overseer. Who the Bishop of Kwan When you started two branches, your one church of 26 members and two branches, eight members, eight members, you, are now, you, you now call yourself a bishop. An apostle. You call yourself an apostle. You should see apostles all over. Shut up! Who is an apostle? It's a saint one. It's a saint one. People who go around. They go around. They go around. Establishing things. You see, Bishop, that from one place here, from one place, the church used to be called Kolobu Christian Center. But I said, no. Kolobu Christian Center means that we are here. We are just it. We are here. No. It must be international ministry. He has moved across the countries and the continents of the world. From the Caribbean to Australasia to everywhere. Planting churches. Planting churches. Training people. Sending them. Going there. Holding camps. That is an apostle. You are not an apostle because you have been in the ministry for 25 years. Oh, let's get serious. Let's get serious. Let's be serious. We have become jokers. People laugh at us. And you should see 
such people, this conference, they won't come. The apostles and the bishops. They won't come. But may the Lord lift you up into a true apostle and a true bishop. Can I have an amen? I see you becoming a shepherd of multitudes. You are going to have churches everywhere. Receive the grace to expand. Church of Pentecost. Every village, literally, literally. Last year, I visited some of our missions in the Sefi area. We're driving. We're driving. My goodness. Literally, every village, Church of Pentecost, with a building. I took so many pictures. I will stop and take a picture. I will stop. Sometimes I go down and then I'll go to the church. You wouldn't find charismatic churches. No, 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 no. We are, we are too big for the villages. Yeah. And one of the reasons why you can't expand is because you don't have lay pastors. Yeah. But by the grace of God, in many of those places also, lighthouse has churches. You should see lay people laboring. Church of Pentecost. Eh? Last year, I was having a church go conference at Tamale. There was a church of Pentecost pastor there from Salaga. He was the district pastor. And then he was overseeing about 30 something churches. He was the only one. Everybody else is an elder. The elder are lay people policemen, military men, farmers, anybody. That's the church of Pentecost. That's the church of Pentecost. Lighthouse started as a lay ministry and still remains largely like a lay ministry. The full time ministry has also come up very powerfully over the years. But it's a wonderful, significant portion of the lay ministry. Bishop Dark started as a lay pastor. As a student, he started this church as a student, fourth year medical student. Yeah. And when he started, he was so received. How can, if, you're, if you're a medical student, be a medical student. Don't venture, don't venture into ministry. If you have such a mind, you cannot make use of your, the, the ordinary people sitting around. You can't. You can't. Because you are telling your business people in your church, your, your, when your business person says, I want to, can I do, can I do something? You say, look, make sure you pay your tithe. The, the ministry is ours. We are anointed. Yeah. Bishop has sent me to go and start a new work on the, on the Bodhiasi Road, the Kaswa Bodhiasi Road. I've been there for about two months now. You know. And I saw some people coming to the church. Hey. So somebody has driven a four-wheel drive. Come. This one, come. You know, after about three, four weeks, I called them. I called about five of them. I said, next week, when you come, join the ashes. Join the ashes. The following week, I was looking for that. You are sealed. I saw ashes tied there, holding the basket. Like that, like that. Uh-huh. Welcome.
I was going to preach for Bishop Saki last Sunday and went with one of them. After that, he sent me a text. Thank you very much, Bishop, for asking me to come. I was so blessed. It was very powerful. People sitting down in the church, they want to do something for God. Oh. Release them. May you release your people to go and work for the Lord. Let the people of God go. Bishop Saki, Bishop Eddie, Bishop Ogo, all the bishops that you know were late pastors. Bishop Siva has built a huge ministry as Achimota. At a point, as a manager with Merchant Bank, he was transferred to Kumasi. He didn't give it up. He would go there and come over the weekends to come and pastor the church. Every week. As a lay person, sent by Bishop that for 14 years as a lay minister. Combining medicine and ministry. Yeah. Pioneered seven powerful churches over that period. Three or four of those churches now are being pastored by bishops. So brothers, the lay ministry is very powerful. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. It is one of the things that God wants you to go out with from this conference. The people that God has given to you. And God willing, tomorrow I'll be teaching you how do you turn these people into ministers. How do you tell me? No, because all of us, all of, I mean, I remember the time that Bishop, uh, Bishop Dow called me to his office. Those days at Cardinal Cathedral, he had an, a wooden office upstairs. He called me one evening, I don't know, on a Tuesday. He said, Dr. Ntefo, you are a pastor. You are a pastor. I'm going to appoint you as a pastor. I was wondering. What is he talking about? Happy working in the church. They say, do, uh, how do you call it, uh, cell work. Yes, do this, you know. And then practicing medicine. A nice Christian doctor in the church. Serving a little, that's all. But he said, no, no, you're a pastor. So at a point, a term came up in the church. Pastors by surprise. I'm sure he became a pastor by surprise. Yeah. But that encouragement, that declaration, whatever he saw, is what has made us today to do the lay ministry until we are not satisfied with it. We have thrown it aside to come and serve the Lord 24 hours maybe. Your teachers can help you do the ministry. Your traders, we have traders who are pastors. <laughs> Trot drivers. Yeah. Yeah. Many are called. Many are called. 
We have professors who are pastors. About two years ago or so, a, a professor, you know, was appointed as a pastor. But before that, we have to write. We have, we have exams and the rest. And, and when he wrote the exams, it was not easy for him. And he told his, he told his bishop that this is one of the most difficult exams that he has written. A professor. Hallelujah. So how many of you are going to release your ordinary people to work for you? Now, what happens? Please sit down. What happens if you do not make use of volunteers, lay people, unskilled people in your church? What happens? What happens? If you allow these people to just to just be around, what happens? Number one, number one, you will die from the burden of the ministry. You will die from the burden of the ministry because the burden of the ministry will not be shared. Any pastor here who truly is doing the ministry, you will soon come to realize that the ministry is very burdensome. Ministry is work. The reason why some of you, you know, you 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 you, you don't see that is because honestly, you are not doing the ministry. You sleep a lot. You sleep a lot. You don't pray. Right now, as we are here speaking to you, Bishop Dakwood Mills, a man that God has used to raise up more than three thousand branches. 2,000 pastors, sister bishops, cathedrals, church buildings, hundreds of them all over the world. Churches in Caribbean, churches here, churches here, church, the largest crusades in Africa. As I'm speaking to you right now, is lying in his church with children on the stage from, from morning to evening praying for the grace of God, for the will of God with the children. Bishop Dagwood Mills, what else do you want? You are changing channels. Changing channels. You are a specialist in Ukumbwaja. You know all the names. Pastor. With your wife. Your own spiritual wife. The ministry is burdensome. And you cannot do it alone. That is why you must share the burden of the ministry, the burden of prayer, the burden of evangelism, outreaches, the burden of baptism, Holy Ghost baptism, water baptism, the burden of visiting the people, counseling the people, interacting the people, the burden of setting up 
different fellowships and ministries in the church. The burden of more church planting, the burden of creating cells in of, of uh, cells in your distance in your church, the burden of listening to the problems of people, the financial burden. Ah! The churches I just left at Colorado, thousands of people. I had 600 workers operating over 400 cell, cell groups. How can I do that alone? How can I do that alone? You have turned yourself into the great show. Exodus chapter 18. Exodus chapter 18. Moses' father-in-law went to visit him. Hello? Jethro went to visit Moses in his church. By the way, there's a great lesson in that. The way you leave a church or a ministry will determine what type of advice and input you can get in future. And there are two ways of living. The first way is the Jacob way of living. Living unannounced. Taking everything, the instruments, everything, including the idols of your father-in-law. Trying to see the anointing, the name, you know, and everything. Just on it. And running away. Okay? And, and what was the name of the father-in-law? He said to him, do you know that I can curse you? That way of living brings a curse. If ever you have to live a ministry, assistant pastors, and by the way, let me ask you a question. Why are you living? Why are you living? What do you want? It's not a church you want to pastor. Bishop Ogo, what do you want? This, this church, look at this. this. This church, plus all the churches that Bishop Ogo has out at of uh, shepherding conference and all that. This is, this is the ministry of a founder. And yet, he's sitting down here as a branch pastor. This is a branch pastor's work. What else do you want? What else? So most of the time, I want to go, I want to go, I want to go, I want to go. The, the motive is not right. And most of the time, it's because of money. Yeah. Yeah. But I see Bishop Saki and Bishop Eddie. You should hear them. They say, our desire, our aim, is not to have our own churches. It's to be around the bishop. To help him. Yeah. In recent times, Bishop has sent them to go and pastor, you know, other churches. It's like a group of churches that they are all pastoring. They, they are still together. They all go and preach here, go and, pre- go and preach here. I get what I'm saying. But, but, but it's like, we want to be here. We want to be here. And as they have been together for more than 30 years, how many, how many founders of churches in this country have the ministry that Bishop Saki has? 
that Bishop Eddie has. Because, because when Bishop Dad says, go around to go and visit the church, they can't. They can't. They can't even fly. Why are you going to? The point I'm trying to make is that by staying with the person that God has called you to follow and helping him and holding his hand, soon the ministry is going to be so large that your ministry is also going to be large. Instead of going to hide in a small, some of you are following great people. You have gone up and gone to hide in a small corner somewhere and you are calling yourself founder and president. Of what? Of what? Of what? The tie of an elephant is greater than the head of an ant. You see, Bishop Ogo is a tie of an elephant. Wow. Everything you are seeing here, that's a, a tie, just a tie. You, you say you are a founder. Yes. You say you are a founder. Come and stand here. Let Bishop Ogo stand here. You two stand here. He is an assistant. You are a founder. So you come. Uh, come and stand here and bring, bring your ministry because you have also been passing for 20 years. Bring. He is an assistant. He's an assistant. A brand pastor. You are the head. You are the head. You have 87 people in your church. 25 of them are your bodyguards. Bodyguard around Bishop Ogo. Half. Not one. <laughs> I come here by the guest of every year. Apostle Abba. Apostle Abba. Ne big it our iPad. Ne big it our bag. Ne big it our handkerchief. You are a joke. You are a joke. Let's get real. Let's get serious. I say, let's get serious. Egypt. So Moses' church was two million people. 
He was passing to me alone. And from morning to evening, Reverend Dr. Apostle Bishop Moses was sitting down from morning, look at it though, from morning until evening, judging the people, in other words, ministering to the people. This one will come of a marital issue. This one said that, that in the night, the child ran diarrhea 17 times. You know, this one said, my, my goat, this one was driving, this is broken my goat, and everybody. You are carrying the burden of the ministry alone. Share the burden. Share it. Share it. After this conference, gather your people. Gather your people. Share the burden of them. Yeah. Go ahead. And when Moses' father-in-law saw all that he did to the people, he said, what is this thing that thou doest to the people? Why sitest thou thyself alone? Reverend Dr. Apostle Bishop General, Apostle General Moses. General Vasia. Prophet. Who could apostle? Post bomb, there will be power. Watch this. What is this thing that thou doest to the people? Why sitest thou thyself alone? And all the people stand by thee from morning unto evening. And his answer is what we are all saying today. And Moses said unto his father-in-law, because the people come unto me to inquire of God. I am the man of God. It is our man of God. Moses is real. Yes. When they have a matter, they come unto me and I judge between one and another and I make them know the status of God and his laws. And Moses' father-in-law said unto him, the thing that thou doest is not good. In other words, doing the ministry alone and not involving others is not good. It's not good. That's what the Bible is saying. How many of you believe in the Bible? So, so far, what you have been doing is not good. It's not good. It's not good. And Moses' father-in-law said, the thing that thou doest is not good. Continue. Thou will surely wear away both thou and this people that is with thee. For this thing is too heavy for thee. He said, you wear yourself out. So I said that if you don't release your ordinary people in the church to help you, you will kill yourself. And not only will you kill yourself, you also even kill the people who are following you. Because in your tightness and your, uh, in your uh, uh, exhaustion, your instructions are going to be wrong. You are not going to hear from God. You can't pray. You can't so so you'll be moving in your in your carnal mind. All right. 
and come there was a pastor who led his congregation from America into the jungle in Guyana and kill everybody. Yeah. Thou will surely wear away both thou and these people that is with thee. For this thing is too heavy for thee. Thou art not able to perform it thyself alone. So God is telling you that you cannot do the work of the ministry alone. You can't. You can't. You can't win all the souls alone. Look at your life. Look at your life. Hmm? Quiet practice. Whoa. Quiet practice. If I have not come, no, you shouldn't start. Baby, name is Simon. Hey, hey. When you're meeting Pamaya. Everything. So when you wake up, you are hopping from one place to the other. By evening, what bread? That's why some of you pastors, your wives are not happy with you at all. Who moshi? Why are one did us? Who did the other water? Who moshi? For what bread? Who jump on? Any man here, Juma? A brand one. For the last three weeks, umoshi Christmas programs up and down, up and down, or flower or so. I mean, the, the, me, 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 uh, uh, God was speaking to God was not speaking to you. Man of God, dear, I saw Bajuma. Yeah, yeah. And as you are growing. One of the things that can happen to you is prostate cancer. And the prevention of prostate cancer is more erections. How many times in a month? 21 erections. Ejaculations in a month. There might be out here one worry be a wound, you know. Nothing less than 21. A month. Ejaculations. Don't do one else too much. Oh, see me too. Oh, see, ah, Bishop, now my cousin was a bad to you. Yeah. You're not serious. Because, because the, the liquids that form the sperm, you know, and, you know, part of the sperm and all that, they need to be released. Or that when they stay there, they begin now to affect the, the prostate. Until they need regular release. Receive regular release. And then the sisters. The sisters. Yeah. 
What's your tea Actually, one of the things that can release the headache is love making. Yeah. There are some chemicals. There are some chemicals. They are called happy hormones that I release during love making. And they have the ability to reduce the tension. Do you understand it? And make you relax. The headache, no. Who person headache, no. Oh, clap your hands and give the Lord a shout! Is it because brother number one was bread? And I also panting go up. No, I chat to a fusso. No, a fire bam. No, I change fire bam. That's no encouragement. When you would eat, if you don't crumple and jar it. Hearken now unto my voice, I will give thee counsel, and God shall be with thee. This afternoon, God is giving you advice. And God says, When I give you advice and you listen, I'll be with you. Yeah. So lay ministry is an advice for you. It's an advice. Don't throw it away. It's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. Daniel was a great man of God. He was a lay pastor. Paul was a great church planter apostle. He was a lay pastor. Dr. Luke, who wrote to us the book of Luke and the book of Acts, following the apostles, was a doctor, a busy doctor, but he was also in ministry. Don't discount the lay ministry. He said, God will give you. A, now, what is the advice? Watch this. Watch this. Verse 20. And I shall teach them ordinances and laws and shall show them. Alright? And shall show them the way why they must walk and the work that they must do. Continue. Moreover, that shall provide. Watch this. Moreover, that shall provide out of all the people, able men. Such as fear God, men of truth, hating covetousness, and place such over them to be rulers of thousands, rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties, and rulers of tens. And now listen to this. Listen to this. All right. Give me the NIV from this point. Maybe to make it easier. Have them judge, have themselves as judges for the people at all times. But have them bring every difficult case to you. The simple cases, they can decide themselves. 
that will make your load lighter because they will share it with you. That will make your load lighter. The simple matters. There are so many things that, man of God, you don't need to be involved. You are not the only person who can invite. Who can visit. Can you imagine that you are visiting two people in a week and you have another 20 people who are also visiting two people in a week. Do you understand it? How many people is that? You are visiting uh, 20 by 2. 40. You are also visiting 42 people instead of 2. Instead of 2. Yeah. That is the principle that Bishop Dark teaches. The principle of the maximize, uh, the principle of the multiplied senior pastor. Multiplied senior pastor. You multiply yourself in the members. You increase yourself. What, what, what you can do, you teach them to do it. So you pray, you teach them to pray. You fast, you teach them to fast. Eh? Throughout this whole period, Bishop Dark is teaching you know, uh, his members how to fast. Young, young, young people, how to fast. Different types of fast. How to break. How to do. Different. And the difficult matters. I tell my shepherd, you are not married. If your sheep who is married have marital issues, don't go into it. You just say, marital issues, please. On Sunday, I will take you to Bishop. There are some demons they shouldn't try. There are some demons they shouldn't try to go and cast them out. I want to is man of God. You see, because they brought a certain man brought uh, his son of an epileptic seizure to the disciples. They couldn't do anything. And the man brought him to Jesus. So there are things that definitely only you as a full-time pastor, do you see, can do. Full-time ministry is very, very important. Yeah. No matter how effective a lay pastor is, there are so many things that you can do. Yeah. We shall go so many lay pastors. I'm sure many of them are not here. They can't come. They can't walk out of the bank. They can't. They can't. There are so many things. But there are so many other things that they can help you to do. So train them and release them to do those things. Church planting. Lay pastors can, can, can plant churches and pastor churches. I can see Reverend Wobisa here. Stand up. Yeah, for many years. Archbishop sent him action dance when you go there. Powerful church. Of a powerful church. He's a businessman. He started it, pastored it for many, many, many years. That's why. As a lay pastor. That church is being pastored by a bishop now. Started by a lay pastor. 
Yeah, when it was transferred, the church was a big church with a very powerful church building. Oh, as a lay pastor, businessman. He said there's several things. Read it again. Eh? Have them serve as judges for the people at all times. Let them visit the people. Let them teach the word of God. Let them run cells. Let, let them do baptism of their people. Holy Ghost baptism. Train them. I the only one that, that can. Recently we're having an all night during this uh, fasting time. And one of the nights, I said we're going to have Holy Ghost baptism. The very first, it's a new church. So I gathered them at one point. So many people. I made them to stand in circles, went there with some of the lay pastors, you know, and all that. Started myself praying, you know. When people started, at a point, I called one of the pastors and I said, take over. I'm going. I'm going to continue to lead the prayer. I left. Later I asked, that's all. That's work, right? Yeah. How many of you can understand that? Administration. Administration. They can help you. They can help you. They can help you. It's so many things to do it. Eh? So, have them serve as judges for the people at all times, but have them bring every difficult case to you. The simple cases, they can decide themselves. That it will make your load lighter because they will share it with you. How many of you can see that? Continue. If you do this and God so commands you, if you do this and God so commands, the lay ministry is a command from God. Yeah. It's a command from God. What I'm teaching you is from God. It's in the word of God. Yeah. And Jesus said, by their fruit, you will know them. I've shown you so many churches that are making use of this principle. And the fruits are there. For you to see. Last year, I gathered, you know, some lay people and trained them to go and start churches. We started 160 churches last year. Yeah. In January, I launched 20 churches. They should go and start. You and you, you and you, you and you, you and you. 20 churches. Lay pastors. Lay pastors. Hello? How many churches can you start on your own? How many? So that is why after five years of ministry, you still have one church. Alright? If you have understood this principle and have deployed it, and some of you have heard it, you have heard it at ISI. So that has preached it. But when you went to so we are, 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 just like, just like Moses. You continue to play the man of God. Continue. If you do this and God commands you, you will be able to stand the strain 
and all these people would go home satisfied. Verse 24. Moses listened to his father-in-law and did everything he said. Hallelujah. He chose capable men from all Israel and made them leaders of the people, officials of our thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. They served as judges for the people at all times. The difficult cases they brought to Moses, but the simple ones they decided themselves. Wow. Then Moses sent his father-in-law on his way and Jethro returned to his own country. Clap your hands for the Lord. So the lay ministry makes it possible for you to share the burden of the ministry. Hallelujah. I'll continue going tomorrow to show you other reasons why the um, lay ministry is uh, important. But as you go, think about this. God says, I've spoken to you. I've introduced the lay ministry to you. Hallelujah. Next week, uh, tomorrow, I'll just continue to give you a few listen. And then, I'll give you more reasons why you must have the lay ministry. Deploy it, practice it in your church, in your ministry. And then after that, I'll show you how to train these people and turn them to be powerful workers in your church. Why don't you clap your hands for the Lord and stand to your feet. Lift up your hands. Lift up your hands and thank God for this wisdom that has come. Lift up your hands and thank the Lord for this wisdom. Lift up your hands and thank the Lord for this wisdom. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Lift up your hands. Thank the Lord for this wisdom. For this wisdom. Oh, yes. Tell the Lord, help me to develop a powerful lay ministry in my church. Tell the Lord, thank you for this wisdom. Thank you for this wisdom. I'm grateful. 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 Hallelujah. Now listen. Give me envelopes. How many of you know that everything is by the anointing? How many of you? I believe that one of the graces on Bishop Dark that has come upon me all these years is the lay ministry. The anointing for the lay ministry. But everything is by the anointing. The grace of God. Yeah. You need the, the anointing is the wisdom. Is there a certain type of wisdom, understanding, revelation, grace that makes the thing possible? Yeah. I'm going to give me an offering basket. I'm going to receive um, some offerings. But if you are here and you say, Bishop, I want the Lord to anoint me for the lay ministry, for my ministry. I want the Lord to anoint me. I want you to. 
plant a seed in this desire, request. If you're a pastor here, you want it, just come. All right. This anointing for the lineage. Plant a seed, a powerful seed. All right. Not today. When you are coming this evening or tomorrow, bring it. The grace for the lay ministry. The grace for the lay ministry. It's good to see you. So good to see you. The grace for the lay ministry. If you want it, it's not, I'm not saying everybody. If you want it. Yeah. It's one of the graces on Bishop Dad that I'm walking in. One, one of the ways to know that you have a grace is when you're able to do something so easily. It comes so easily. Yeah. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I live for you alone. Every breath that I take, every moment I'm Lord, have your way in me. What? Why do you need three? Why do you need three? Sorry? Why, why are they? And the other one is where? If they can't come here, they don't need it. Okay? Yeah. Anointing is given to people who desire it. The father, you cannot even walk from here to here. Lord, have your way. This is my desire to, to honor you. Lord, with all my heart, I worship you.
to use you to do great. 